0: Amen. Amen. The love for God, or love of God that He has for us, it, it can't be measured. Amen. This morning you have your Bibles turned to Proverbs chapter 24. We're going to begin by looking at two passages of Scripture there, verse 11 and 12. Looking at the title of our lesson this morning, Life, God giveth and God taketh away. Proverbs 24, verse 11 says this. Rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering toward slaughter. If you say, but we know nothing about this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who guards your life know it? Will he not repay each person according to... What he has done. Now today we join thousands of churches across America remembering the more than 60 million innocent unborn children that have been assassinated within the wombs of their mother by the ungodly act of abortion as we commemorate the sanctity of human life Sunday. You see, in 1973, nine people in black robes elevated themselves above God and made the decision that the people of the United States of America had the legal right to take the life of a child even still in the womb of its mother. On January the 13th, 1984, President Ronald Reagan issued a proclamation designating January the 22nd as the first National Sanctity of Human Life Day. He chose that day because January the 22nd, 1973 is the day that the U.S. Supreme Court you know, legalized uh, on-demand abortion in all 50 states within our great nation. Churches around the United States use this day to celebrate God's gift of life, to commemorate the many lives lost to abortion, and to commit ourselves to protecting human life at every stage. Churches now recognize the third uh, Sunday in January as Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. Now, the the proclamation made by President Ronald Reagan was carried on throughout his entire eight years while he was in office. Then when George H.W. Bush, you know, he also signed the proclamation for the four years that he was in office. However, his successor, Bill Clinton, a liberal Democrat, he discontinued this practice throughout the entire eight years of his administration. But with the election of George W. Bush, the proclamation was resumed during all the eight years of his presidency. But it was done away again under the presidency of Barack Hussein Obama, a liberal socialist uh, Democrat, in favor of... Now, to get this, he done away with... A sanctity of human life in, for, okay? He done away with that in favor of a proclamation declaring the month of June gay, uh, lesbian, bisexual, transgender month. So what he's saying there is the lesbian, gay, bisexual, uh, transgender movement means more than the 60 million babies who have been destroyed in the womb of a mother. But thank God it was issued again by President Trump when he was elected to office. Listen, how our nation has digressed since 1776 and the founding of this great nation. Now, some try to justify abortion, you know, they, they say, well, if there's going to be a physical de- uh, a defect or a possibility of a physical defect, then it should be okay to abort that child. It should be okay to murder that child. It should be okay to assassinate that child. But listen, God says, I made the mute. I made the dumb. I made the deaf. I made the seen. I made the blind. Look, it's not God's desire that someone be born mute. It's not God's desire that someone be born deaf. It's not God's desire for any impurity with any child within the womb of its mother. That is a result of us being in this fallen sinful world. When a child is born deaf, to God be the glory. When a child is born mute, to God be the glory. When a child is born and you're know, lame to God be the glory. When a child is born with a heart problem, to God be the glory. When a child is born with a sight problem, to God be the glory, God created that child. and only God has a right to take the life of that child. That child is still from God, and God will never say, because this child was born with a defect, he or she is not for me and has no value for me. Look, today we want to look into and see how we as a church should view abortion and just what we can do about it. The first thing we need to understand is, as a church, we must affirm the value and dignity of all life, both born and unborn. Now, the Bible teaches that all men and all women are created in the image of God. And the Bible says in Psalm 139, it says this, You made my whole being, speaking about God. You formed me in my mother's womb. I praise you because you made me an amazing and wonderful way. What you have done is wonderful. I know this very well. And then David goes on in verse 15. He says, you saw my bones being formed as I as I took shape in my mother's body. When I was put together there, you saw my body as it was formed. All the days were planned for me and they were written in your book before I was one day old. Listen to me. Every child in the womb of a mother right now today, God already has a plan for that child's life. And when a person goes in and deliberately takes away that child, deliberately assassinates that child, deliberately, you know, uh, murders that child, uh, uh, they, 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 they violate God's plan. They interrupt God's plan. every child has a purpose in this life. And no one has the right to take a child that God, is, as David says here, you form me, you put together my body parts. No one has a right to suck those body parts away with a suction tube while that child is in the womb of the mother. Look. He is the one who knits babies together in their mother's womb. He is the one who sees their unformed uh, substance. He is the one who takes note of them while they're inside the room. Just as when He formed Adam, you remember the story of how God took clay and He formed Adam and He breathed into him the breath of life. Let me tell you something. Just as God took clay and He formed Adam, God takes those little hands in the womb of a mother and He puts those hands right where they're supposed to be. The little feet, the little eyes, the nose the lips. He assembles them all together according to David here while they're in the womb. He is the one who gives life and only he is the one who should be able to choose to take life. And if we believe the Bible, I think we have to reaffirm in the belief of the sanctity of all life, both born and unborn. You see, as a child of God, one way we can take a stand against this horrible act is to not vote for any politician who does not believe in the sanctity of life. In fact, I would go so far to say this. You know, this will stir some people up, but that's okay. My job is to stir people up, okay? A Christian is being hypocritical if they vote for an individual or support any political party that believes in or supports the extermination of innocent babies in or out of the womb. Look, how dare anyone who claims to be a man or a woman of God support such a gruesome act? Now, just 11 days ago, we saw a man who pastors a Baptist church, by the way. You know, we as Baptists, uh, you know, we should be against abortion. Amen? But we saw just 11 days ago a man who pastors a Baptist church in Georgia, Senator-elect Raphael Warnock. We've seen him get on TV and and proudly pound on his chest proclaiming how he believes in the murder of unborn children. There is no way a man like this should be able to be elected to public office, much less be in the pulpit, because how can you say you believe in God's Word, yet on the other hand, pound your chest and say, I believe in in taking the life of a baby in the mother's womb. You can't do that. It just don't work. And let me tell you this. I'm going to go one step farther. God helped those 2.2 million people in Georgia who voted to put him in office. God helped them. Because you see, many are going to hear that day, depart from me. I never knew you. Now, one of the seven things listed in Proverbs 6 that God hates is hands that shed innocent blood. And folks, my opinion is that no blood is any more innocent than that of the unborn child still in the womb of its mother. Still in the womb of its mother. I want to say once again, and I want to make it very clear, from the moment of conception, the very moment of conception, there is a distinct individual. Everybody say individual. It's not a blob, okay? Uh, Doc, I believe you would affirm that. Amen? But it's a distinct individual who has come into being An individual with its very own DNA. An individual made in the image of God. An individual with a human soul. And an individual to whom Christ died for. It's an individual. Look, we as the church must reaffirm the value of all human life and stand against the moral decay of this age. We as the church must say that unborn children, you know, are just as valuable in the sight of God as those who, who make it out of the womb. We as the church must take a stand for righteousness and the sanctity of human life, even and especially when it's not the politically correct thing to do. And can I tell you something? In this day and time we live, it's not the politically correct thing to do to take a stand against such immoral acts. How sad, but true that the most dangerous place in America today is in the womb of a mother. Did you know that with the number of abortions taking place today, a baby has, listen to this, a one in four chance of not making it out of the womb alive. Look, as the church, we must continue. We must continue to insist that when a baby is aborted, it's not simply the termination of a pregnancy. It's not just the removal of a fetus. It is the killing of an innocent human being made in the image of God. Now the second thing as the church, we must continue to speak out. Okay? That's where Proverbs 24 comes in. We as Christians, what are we to do? He says, rescue those who are being led away to death and hold back the staggering toward the slaughter. You know, it amazes me how these self-righteous pro-choice assassins have tried to tell us, you know, who believe in the sanctity of human life, you know, of the unborn, that we shouldn't use the terminology that we use. Okay, you, you 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 people, you know, shouldn't use words like murder. You people shouldn't use words like assassinate. You people shouldn't use words like killing. You make it sound worse than it really is. Abortion is is simply the termination of a fetus. That's all it is. You shouldn't use those other words. Well, don't that make you feel better? That it's just the termination of a fetus. It's just the termination of a blob. Look, they say it's not as bad as I'll make it out to be. Look, we as the church must tell the truth to a generation that doesn't want to hear it. And trust me, this generation does not want to hear the truth. As the light of the world, we must shine our light on the truth, even though it may offend others. We as the church must say that when you kill an unborn child, you have violated the sixth commandment, which Jesus says, thou shall not murder. You know, one of us to understand the definition of murder, if we're to understand that passage of scripture, murder is defined as the unlawful premeditated. Everybody say premeditated. premeditated. Would you not say that people who get abortion premeditate that they make plans for that? Murder is the unlawful premeditated killing of one human being by another. That's the definition of murder. And that's what, you know, the Scripture says is wrong, okay? Some would say it's not murder because it's legal. (laughs) Boy, isn't that a way you look at things it's not murder because it's legal you know taking the life of another human being legal by who would be my question from god or from nine ungodly people in black robes who attempted to elevate themselves above god listen god's law always overrides man's law you see we as the church the third thing must not concern ourselves with political correctness at the expense of more than four thousand babies a day You say, what do you mean, Pastor, 4,000 babies a day? That's how many babies in the United States of America get murdered every day through the ungodly act of abortion, around 4,000 a day. Look, those on the left and those who could care less about uh, about the unborn, you know, will not like the church speaking out, you know, on this issue. But when the Bible speaks, folks, we must speak. Now, Facebook may have done took us off Facebook Live. I don't know. They done uh, one time before here a few months, about a month ago, they interrupted our service because I wasn't politically correct. So they may have already kicked us off alive. Now, I don't know over this, you know, because they don't like uh, the truth being told. But when the blood of the unborn has stained this nation to the tune of 60 million babies in 48 years. Isn't it high time that we stand up and start proclaiming the truth? That's how we got to this point, folks. That's why in 1973 it was you know, deemed legal to kill babies because the church did not stand up. And please understand something. We're not in a popularity contest. We're in a truth contest, and we're on the side of truth because we're on the side of life. And listen church, ignorance is no excuse. It's no excuse for keeping silent. Again, verse 12 said this. But if you say we know nothing about this, in other words you're playing stupid, you're playing ignorant. Well, we 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 knew nothing about this. He goes on and says, "Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it?" In other words, God knows better. And he goes on, "Does he who not, uh, does he who guards your life know it?" Will he not repay per each person? Will he not repay each person according to what he has done? Look, I know there are some people who would say to me, "Pastor, why don't you just kind of slow down, back off and take it a little easier on this issue?" Listen to me, let me make it very clear. I will not slow down. You know, I will not back off. I will not say less than the truth because I know that according to this verse, will he not repay each person according to what he has done? I know that someday I'm going to stand before God and I will have to answer for my silence. And you know what? You'll have to answer for your silence also. You'll have to answer for your silence also. I understand and believe verse 12 when he says, each person is going to repay according to what he or she has done in protecting the unborn. Go ahead and use ignorance for an excuse, okay? Go ahead and use ignorance for an excuse to keep your mouth shut. But remember, one day we're all going to stand before our Lord. One day. Third thing is as the church, there are six things that we must do. Six things. Let's go over them real quickly. First of all, we must begin to fast and pray for America. Folks, we we haven't seen nothing yet. With this new administration coming in, we haven't seen anything yet. This nation is going to begin to degress like we never thought possible. So we as Christians must begin to fast and pray for this great nation God has blessed us with. We must return to the Christian values this nation was founded on. This, the church has been silent far too long on this issue. And as a result, evil has overtaken our nation. We must begin fasting and praying uh, for God to forgive us as a nation and return back to our godly convictions. The second thing we must do is we must speak out in the name of Jesus Christ. We must speak out, you know, in the name of Jesus and on his word, you know, in our name and on our word, it actually means nothing. However, the power is in the name of Jesus Christ and in his written word. The third thing that we must do, we must reach out with a message of love to the women who have had abortions. Now, listen to me real closely here. Okay. For those who may have had an abortion, understand this. Abortion is bad. Abortion is a sin. But it's not the unpardonable sin. It is not the unforgivable sin. We as a church have to reach out to women who may have had an abortion. We must put our arms around them. And we must say we love you in the name of Jesus Christ. And let me just take it one step farther. You'll really like this. Some of you. Some of you are going to think I fell off the turnip truck. I did, but I didn't land on my head. So listen to me for a moment. You know, if you tell someone they should not have an abortion, that they should go ahead and have the baby, yet they're unable to take care of that baby, here's a thought, why don't you adopt the baby? I mean, if you're going to give them counsel, yeah, you need to go ahead and have that baby because abortion's wrong. Why don't you just uh, say, you know, if you can't take care of it, I'll adopt it. I know some of you are thinking, Pastor, why don't you practice what you preach? (laughs) Duh. Duh, hello. Why do you think we've adopted five children? I'm not going to stand up here and tell you you ought to do it, but if I don't do it, I think i have set the example, okay? The fourth thing we must do is we must take our pro-life convictions to the voting booth, folks. We have to. We have to. Any politician who is pro-choice should never get the vote of a Christian. And if you as a Christian intentionally vote for a person who seeks to pass laws to assassinate the unborn, the blood of those children are going to be upon your hands, just like it's going to be upon the hands of the man who or woman who passes the law and the hands of the abortionist who sticks that tube in the womb and sucks that baby apart or injects that saline solution and burns the baby up. It'll be on your hands also. Fifth thing, we must get down to the root of the problem. The root of the problem. Now, it would be easy to say, well, sin is the root, and as long as we're here on this earth, you know, we're, you know, we're going to have sin. Though sin is the problem, folks, we have to get back. Now, here, 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 here I, this is going to tell my age is what I'm fixing to say here because I'm way out of touch. You understand that. All you old people, we're all out of touch, okay? But here's a thought. Here's a thought. We must get back. We must get back to teaching abstinence and not be afraid to tell a sinful world sex outside of marriage is sin and sin only breeds sin. Okay? Now, here, yeah, see, that tells how old it is, you know, we are that believes in abstinence. No sex before marriage. That's a weird thought, is it? Huh. But listen, we must understand that sin will only breed sin. Now, here's an alarming fact that, that I'm going that to use that for. According to the CDC, this is not Brother Gene's figures that here. I went to the CDC website, and according to the CDC, unmarried women account for 85% of all abortions. Think about that. Unmarried women, a woman who is not married, who has premarital sex or whatever... Okay, a, a woman who is not married accounts for 85% of those 4,000 babies a day. Now, I'm not a good at arithmetic, but you can figure out how much 85% of 4,000 is. Now, here's another thing. And the women living with a partner to whom they're not married. Now, back in my days, we called it shacking up. But I've gotten trouble for using that term because they say that sounds too bad. Okay, sounds bad to shack up. What else is it, okay? It, 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 you see, you're telling your age too, Pam. But a woman living with a partner to whom they're not married account for 25% of abortion. Now, why did I put these figures up there? It's because here's what I want you to see. These things are fornication. You know, an unmarried woman having sex outside of marriage and a woman living with somebody who who they're not married... That is fornication, okay? That is fornication. And here's my point. I should have threw this up on the screen for you, but I didn't. The sin of fornication breeds the sin of abortion. That's what we see in those figures right there. The sin of fornication breeds the sin of abortion. How sad. We have to get back to once again teaching our teenagers and our children to practice sexual purity until marriage. Folks, we have to get back to that because our young people don't know right from wrong. You see, they're they're, they're making foolish, immoral, sexual choices, you know, to which it's not only affecting them, but it's affecting the life of unborn children. And here's the thought. (laughs) This is telling my age, too, because, you know, this is one of those old-fashioned ideas here, too. But here's a thought. Parent, if you're involved in a sexual relationship outside of marriage, listen to me. How can you expect your children not to be? And I'm going to take it a step farther. This will really get some people's go. Parents, if you're involved in a sexual relationship outside of marriage, you have no right getting on to your children for doing it because you're setting the example to them that this is okay. Boy, that's a really weird idea, isn't it? But how can you tell your child to do something and then they see you doing some, the same thing? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. finally, We must never give up. It must never give up. Even when it seems like we're beating our heads against a rubber stump, which it seems like in now today, we must keep speaking loud. We must keep speaking strong, knowing that one day we're going to stand before God to give an account on the issue of the sanctity of life. And as I said just a minute ago, If you have an abortion, I want to make this clear again. If you have had an abortion, it's not the unpardonable sin. So don't let Satan get you down and out like you have no choice or no chance of ever going to heaven. That that sin will never be forgiven. That is a lie from the devil. The Bible says he is a liar and the father of lies. It's not the unpardonable sin. We love you. God loves you. We're all sinners from the day we're born. And, you know, yet God loves us and he sent Jesus Christ to die for us. We have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I sin, you sin, all of God's children sin, you know, because, you know, uh and because all sin is sin. Listen to this. Here's another thought. Those who gossip about someone who's had an abortion, that's just as much of a sin as the one who's had an abortion. So keep your mouth shut. Okay, because you're sinning. Your sin of gossip is no worse than their sin of abortion. Now, some would argue, well, the, the sin of abortion is taking life. But is not sin, sin? Sin is sin. And you, But you know what? Forgiveness for any sin is just one prayer away. One prayer away. The question is not, have I sinned? Because the Bible says we all sin. The question is, have I sought forgiveness Of my sin? That's the question. Have I sought forgiveness of my sin? Now, how does one do that? According to Romans 10 9, you know, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by the heart that man believes and is made right with God. And it's by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him, will never be disgraced. And then he ends that by saying this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter what you've done in your life. It doesn't matter what you're doing today. It doesn't matter what you're going to do tomorrow. God loves you. Jesus Christ died for you. And he says, if we'll just confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved and our sins will be forgiven. What is it in your life this morning that we're not, I mean, this lesson was on the sanctity of human life, but, you know, uh, you know maybe you hadn't had an abortion, but, you know, what other sin is in your life this morning that you're allowing to control your life? That you're not doing what you need to do to rid your life of that sin. If you'll just confess it, he'll forgive it. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we'll confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what is it in your life this morning that you need to bring before God and seek forgiveness for and if you're here and you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, this verse we just read, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Maybe you need to come this morning and ask Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. We're going to have a song of invitation here in just a moment. And if you're here today, and maybe you just need to come down to the altar and pray. Maybe you need to come for salvation, rededication, church membership, whatever it might be. We're going to give you that opportunity to respond to the Holy Spirit this morning. Let's pray.